Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. Good evening and welcome. We are broadcasting live. We are at the famous Rock Stop. We are in Kenosha, Wisconsin today. And down here, compliments of our friends from Bud Lights, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome to those of you listening all throughout uh, the radio network, also all throughout the YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch network, over on social medias and such. We certainly appreciate it. Packers getting ready to take on the Tennessee Titans at the Lambeau Field coming up tomorrow night. So we have a show that is obviously appropriately timed. Uh, the Packers 21-9 and in one-score games under Matt LaFleur, most expected to be a one-score game in this one. And it's the third-ever primetime game against the Titans. Uh, they had Monday Night Football in 2004, Sunday Night Football in 2020. And then again this year, Green Bay has won two of the last three contests between the two teams, including a 40-14 to win at home a few years back. Remember that uh, that was a snow game, and they just uh, they went wild in that one. And they really did a terrific job of containing Derrick Henry in that contest. And each of the last three games and four of the last five between the teams have been decided by 20-plus points. So if it ends up being a runaway tomorrow night like that, you, you're, uh, you're crossing your fingers and saying a couple of novenas that it ends up in the uh, in the Packers' favor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, you can go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. So we're glad you're on board. Um, tomorrow night, obviously, Al Michaels returning to Lambeau Field. Kirk Herbstreet alongside Kylie Harding uh, is the uh, sideline reporter tomorrow night for uh, – Thursday night football, it will be seen in the area. But uh, this game is all about stacking success. Um, There is nothing more to it than that. It is about being able to control the football. It is about being able to run it against a defense that does stop the run very, very well, second in the National Football League in many of those categories. Uh, They're not nearly as good against the past, past, but um, you're kind of hoping that, you know, you're able to – in some way, shape, or form, duplicate and or replicate what you did on Sunday. You're able to, you know, get the ball out of the backfield, get the ball to Christian Watson to stretch it a little bit, give the guys over the middle the quick outs and such, use Robert Tanyan more, and be able to really work the ball downfield. Um, this, it's, you know, we, we, we've been talking about it since really Sunday after the ball game on the Green and Gold postgame show. It's about the win against the Cowboys, but this is all about you're, you're in playoff mode. You only have a loss, maybe two. I know that they're saying some NFC teams, if you look at the uh, the way things are shaping up regarding the, uh, the postseason right now, that an eight-win team might, might find its way into the, the playoffs. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say nine at the very least. Nine at the very least. Nine wins is going to get you there. Uh, so the way you look at it, the Packers right now, number nine in the NFC. Washington obviously having the tiebreaker and one more win ahead of them. Uh, sitting at five and five. San Francisco five and four ahead of them. So uh, Dallas obviously six and three. But when you look at the red, I mean, Dallas has got, 
you know, uh, a few foes coming up when you look at their schedule, too. How much do they fall off? They're at U.S. Bank Stadium this coming weekend. Then they go back home. they got a tough Giants team, and we'll find out if the Giants are for real at that point. Are the Giants for real or not? You know, you look at the Giants, and you're like, man, they're a seven-win team. <laughs> you, you can't take that away from them, but are they a real seven-win team, or have they they kind of gotten by? Uh, and then, obviously, you got to the Colts and the Texans and the Jaguars before you round out your season as a Cowboys fan with the Eagles, the Titans, and then the Commanders. So they've got a stretch in there of three or four games that are almost gimmies for the uh, uh, for the uh, for the Cowboys. Not to say the Cowboys are going to fall off in any dramatic fashion, but when you start to look at the standings the way they are, if that NFC East plays out, say Philadelphia, you've got Dallas uh, obviously there, the, the Giants that are obviously there as well, uh, even Washington sitting at 5-5. Five you could find all of those teams, all four of those teams, actually in the playoffs before it's all said and done, which is what you're doing right now. You're chasing the Commanders. You're chasing the 49ers. And you're trying to get just behind them to be able to get yourself in. And you've got a tiebreaker now over the Cowboys, if indeed you can win out. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't consistently win football games. Obviously, this is one that you got to circle when you say two things that are playing in your favor. One – um, you've done. You're coming off of an emotionally high victory, one in which uh, we heard Rasul Douglas earlier today on the program say, uh, with Cassidy Hill, we believed we could win. We were looking around the sidelines, and for the first time in a long time, we we're like, "That's okay. We got this. We can win this." There was a level of confidence and energy and excitement there. Then you look at coming off of that win. Not only the energy and the excitement, but actually getting the win. Coming from behind, down 14 points. Christian Watson in the coming out party. Excitement again at Lambeau Field. Number two, you're playing at Lambeau Field. You're playing a home game on a Thursday night after playing a home game. And we know road teams, I think the winning percentage is like 25% or something like that. Road teams on Thursday nights really struggle. So you got some things sitting in your favor right now. Stack a couple of wins together. Get some things right. Go into Philadelphia on Sunday night, the 27th, and who knows? You know, I mean, I know all day long we were listening to how uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were being dissected, and was that the way, the way the Philadelphia Eagles got beat this past weekend, was that the way to kind of pick out, quote, the fatal flaw with the Eagles? I don't believe so. I still think the Eagles are, are the best team. I think the Eagles had turnovers. They committed untimely penalties. We saw what happened to them. And they ended up getting knocked off. And finally, they have that undefeated record off of their back. Now it kind of refocuses them. It brings them back. So after getting beat by Washington 32-21 in that contest the other night and fumbling away that game, now they go back. And as Jalen Hurts said, they left a lot of, lot, of, lot of cash on the table. So And that means penalties that really when you're winning, you don't worry about fumbles, turnovers, and such. When you're winning, you don't, turn, you don't worry about now you worry about it. So now they go back and start paying attention to detail. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are with with this next week. I think they're loaded. I think they're ready to go. I think they're going to be focused. They got the Colts uh, in Indianapolis. And even though Jeff Saturday had a lot of success and finally got that, or I shouldn't say finally, but got that first win under his belt as the interim head coach of the Colts against the Raiders of all teams, which they suck, now the Eagles are coming to town, and the Eagles are coming off of a loss. The Colts are flying a little bit high. It, it, it's almost like you're, you're ripe for the Eagles to come in and just destroy you 
in Indianapolis this coming weekend and then get that ahead of steam heading back home to face the face the Packers on Sunday night. So this is a game you just want to work on this game. That's it. And then you worry about 10 days of euphoria after that if indeed you get the win. That maybe just maybe you can feel like the, the train's back on the tracks. Uh, and I got a couple of emails I did want to get to and some things that were left over from earlier today. Uh, this one is from uh, Mark. Mark says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, looking at Aaron Rodgers to Christian Watson and going back and watching the game again, it looks like Watson was open easily. Uh, is it technique or is he just that fast? He's that fast. He's a he's a four three low four three four two, high four two guy. I mean he he's, he can fly, he can fly. The guy can flat out move. Um, now I don't know. I mean I'm, I'm certainly as time goes on and as you come into the league and get indoctrinated, you learn moves. You know you sit down and talk with Randall Cobb and you learn moves. You sit down and talk with Aaron Rodgers and you say how did Devontae do it? How did Devontae get so open? Because the, Devontae didn't have four two four three speed. Okay, how did Devontae do it? Well, he was technically a very, very, very good wide receiver at being able to get off uh, of a chuck at the line of scrimmage, out of man coverage, presenting his body the way it's supposed to. There was a back shoulder throw to uh, Christian Watson later in that ball game. It didn't work out. Christian Watson was going. Rodgers threw it behind him. You know, how do you, once you start learning that and you get that nuance where you look at Rodgers and you know, okay, I know the coverage. I know he's going to have a step ahead of me because he's already backpedaling. So the minute Rodgers sees that, he's going to look at you and give you a wink, a nod, whatever it is they do, and then they're going to go back shoulder. As soon as you start recognizing that and becoming more familiar with it, because you do have that kind of speed, guys are already backing up on you. So that, that will become really effective, but it's something that takes time. And I don't know if the Packers have that kind of time. So... Uh, that being said, um, you know, we're, we're, we're excited to see if they can pick up where they left off on Sunday night. But I think like you, uh, I'm sitting here tonight uh, inside this uh, terrific and historic broad stop down here in Kenosha. And I'm saying to myself, show me. Show me. I, I love the fact that they got the win. I was excited. You were excited. The postgame show was fantastic. It was loaded with people that were just wanting to say, hell Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people that did not believe they had any shot at beating the Dallas Cowboys, but taking pleasure in the fact that, one, they beat the Cowboys, and, two, they beat Mike McCarthy. And I think everybody's still sitting back going, okay, wait a minute. (laughs) That was one game. Now can you do it a couple times for me before I become some kind of a believer? And then uh, the news of the week uh, breaks that, uh, obviously, uh, Mari Rogers no longer with the team, so his fingers, his fumble, no longer here after fumbling seven times in over a year and just over a year and only 60-something touches, uh, he is no more. He is no longer with the Green Bay Packers. They ended up cutting him him loose, much to the joy of many Packers fans that are out there, to be quite honest with you. A lot of Packers fans happy about that whole situation, that he's not here anymore. And then the somewhat of surprising move was Kylan Hill. He was cut loose. And it wasn't he wasn't cut loose because... He couldn't play. He wasn't cut loose because he wasn't physically ready to go. Ever since coming off of the injured list, he apparently was an attitude issue. He wanted more playing time, and he made it very known. And they said, go own what you were asking you to do, and when your time happens, it'll happen. And uh, then Kylan Hill didn't want to practice. He was pissed off. And (laughs) you don't have much of a name in the NFL as of yet. So when you want to take your ball and go home, the NFL says, see ya. Take your ball and go home. Now you don't have a job, and you don't have a ton of a resume to put behind it. So both uh, Aaron Mari Rodgers and Kylan Hill 
were let go by the Green Bay Packers uh, just yesterday. So, and Amari Rogers, by the way, when I mentioned that number, seven fumbles since the beginning of last year and only 64 touches. He was fumbling once out of less than every nine touches. Think about that. Once out of just about every eight and a half, nine touches, he was dropping the football. And you, you just you can't have that. You can't have it at all, man. That's just, uh, as many people were saying over on Twitter during the game, guys that are prominent within the NFL saying, you, you know, you, you, you'd never let him touch it again. He, he can't hang on to the football. So they ended up cutting him loose. Um, yeah, Chuck, the Texans, by the way, the Texans did pick up Amari Rodgers today. So we'll see if he has uh, any success with greener grass somewhere else. Um, let's do this. We are broadcasting live down here at uh, the historic Broad Stop, and uh, there have been so many bands that have come through here over the years. Now, this is the upper bar that you're staring at uh, off to my right, uh, which is the off to your right as well. What you're looking at uh, far off to your right is the stage, and then there's two floors to this. Uh, I don't even know how many, you know, hundreds or a thousand people this place holds, but it, it has been uh, the stop, if you will, on many up-and-coming bands uh, early on in their career, and it's or just great bands in general. But it's a ter- terrific place, very historic place. Been around a long time, and we're all, always honored to be here when we get a chance to come down and say hello. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about some of the injuries, some of the guys that may or may not be back. Uh, I don't think – Randall Cobb yesterday was really kind of talking about coming back, and then he tempered that. He backed off of that. Uh, so I don't know if he'll be here for this. I don't think he's going to be here tomorrow night, but he might be in Philadelphia. We'll have to wait and see. I still think it's somewhat of a long shot. Romeo Dobbs is uh, going to be probably a few more weeks before he's even back in the practice field because he's still rolling around in that uh, that scooter that he's on with his ankle injury. So they've got quite a few injuries they're trying to heal. But knock on wood, still got Aaron Jones, still got Robert Tanyan, your offensive line is now two weeks, going on three games intact. Knock on wood there. Your defense, the guys that you were asking to step up and replace guys like Rashawn Gary, uh, Devondre Campbell, they did. You know, they, they, they brought pressure from different areas. Adrian Amos came on a safety blitz. You brought Rasul Douglas. You brought uh, Rudy Ford, who had a tremendous game. They were bringing it from every different place. So fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. They just need to be able to keep doing it. But the big thing that the defense has to do, one thing the defense has to do, we'll talk about it when we come back, and it was something that Joe Barry alluded to earlier this week as well. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot of the uh, the Bill Michaels huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Coming up a little bit later on, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show is going to be here. Mike Clemens is going to join us coming up after the top of the hour. We're going to get the uh, Tennessee side of things, hopefully here in the next hour as well. Give you a little bit of a lowdown on the Tennessee Titans. Stay tuned. A whole lot more coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. We are broadcasting live via the Bill Michael Cellar, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Tonight, we are down at the historic Broad Stop, giving away a few tchotchkes from our friends at Bud Light. They have Bud Light specials down here. They've got good food down here. 
and uh, obviously uh, brats. So it's their specialty. But if you want burgers, if you want pizza, certain things like that, come on down and say hello. And uh, not to mention, it's just a just a really cool place. It's cavernous. I'll tell you that it's a big place. They got the cheese shop and the knickknack shop up around the front end of this place, and. Uh, the stage is dark now, but uh, always a neat place to come and see some bands. I know they have a Black Sabbath tribute band, Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath tribute band coming up here. they got a whole list of stuff on their website, so uh, track them down at the Broad Stop. Just, uh, a really, just a really, really cool place. One thing the Green Bay Packers need to do, defensively speaking, tomorrow night, this is what Joe Barry had to say. Obviously, the, the, the scheme and the, and the call and, and all that is important, but... You know, you have to have a mindset collectively, which, you know, I don't think there's a defense, you know, out there that ever says, oh, okay, this week we got to play with effort. You know, um, that's something that we, we, we preach and we talk about. But especially when you're dealing with a back like this, it takes all 11, you know, because it, it's hard just to, you know, you got a, an unblocked guy. Come on, man, make the tackle. Well, I mean, it, it's going to take, you know, it's not going to take one, two. It's going to take five. It's going to take six. It's going to take gang tackles. It's going to take swarm. It's going to take effort. Um, that's something we preach every week, but definitely this week when you're playing against a guy like Henry. So there you go. Talking about Derrick Henry swarming to the football. Tackling cannot escape you. Or this guy will just bust it and break loose and run wild over you. Um, the one, of the, one of the things that has been consistently, I don't want to say lacking, but um, there are times that this team has had just, it just goes away. All of a sudden, they just lack the ability to tackle for whatever reason. And we've seen that happen time and again this season. So uh, if you're going to, and Aaron Rodgers said this yesterday as well, that this team has not played that full game. And Sunday was about as close as you're going to come to playing a full game. So uh, that's what you're looking for is that next step, to play that full game, to play a full four quarters of defense, a full four quarters of offense, Uh, and not to get away from yourself either. Don't. Don't, uh, don't. There's no panic. You stick with the run. You do what you got to do. Now, again, this is a team that, uh, you know, protects against the run extremely well, uh, the, uh, the the Titans do. Uh, one of the top teams, as a matter of fact, against the run in the National Football League. If you look them up, statistically speaking, really, really good. Um, they, they, they attack. They've got a good front four. Um, and they're in so many different areas, so many different areas. When you look at yards per game, uh, they're down there a little bit, defensively speaking. They're down there a little bit. Tennessee gives up quite a few yards per game. Tennessee, as a matter of fact, is right around 20, 22, 23. But when it comes to rush yards per game, which is what the Packers want to do, they're number two in the league. They're only behind San Francisco. Okay? They're only behind San Francisco. So they do a real good job. But one of the things they do well is talking about points given up per game. They do a lot of pass where you can bend them, but you don't break them. They stuff the run really well. But they're only giving up 18.7 points per game. And don't forget, until this past weekend, this Green Bay Packers team wasn't scoring more than 22 points on average anyway. So a lot of things you got to do right to be able to beat this Tennessee team. Um, This is from Scott who says, I'm worried about Quay Walker and his horrible angles to the ball. It was interesting because he was a guy that was calling the plays without Devondre and having to be a little – a couple of times I know Larry McCarron alluded to the fact, too, that there was Quay Walker. He was was stuffing the hole. He's in the right place at the right time. He didn't have Devondre Campbell kind of alongside him to cover him a couple of times so far since that uh, Devondre got nicked up. So 
maybe he's learning a little bit more. Maybe because you're suddenly the man and you're on the fly, maybe maybe that uh, is a, a learning tool. It's not something you want to go through, but it's certainly something that when you're on an island all by yourself, nobody to cover you anymore, which might, might even be the reason why Devondre Campbell – his seemingly numbers are down a little bit because they haven't had to do and use him in the same way because they've been worried he's been worried about covering for Quay Walker in some areas. So, but Quay Walker, make no make no mistake about it, he's got speed to go sideline to sideline without a doubt. And very good at it, can cover in the pass. Has had a couple of passes defended this season, can do that and drag ball carriers down from behind. But you'd love to see him to be able to help uh, on run support specifically against Derrick Henry. No doubt about it. Uh, this one's from Jonathan. says, special teams, yards per start. Um, the big thing for special teams is the fact that I, I now you're using somebody different who hasn't been accustomed to being back there. But with no more Amari Rogers, now, you know, you're going to use Kaysan Nixon uh, back there. He's got better hands than Amari uh, Rogers. And it's funny because Amari Rogers was so highly praised coming out of practices and such for being a guy that had reliable hands, that just did the right thing at the right time. He pleased the coaches. But just when he got into a game, for whatever reason, he couldn't hang on to the damn football. And that's the reason he found himself on the street and ultimately picked up by uh, the lowly Texans. So we'll see what they end up doing permanently. But you would assume Kaysan Nixon's going to get a lot of opportunities at punt return back there no kylan hill to rely upon either obviously with his departure yesterday as well uh this is from green green says uh, hey bill uh, i want to know more about the offensive line the fact that they are playing together and you're putting yash nyman at the right tackle position he looked pretty good tell me about david bakhtiari though how many pressures did he give up zero. Zero. as a matter of fact zero pressures given and that's with with a hell of a defensive pass rush from the dallas cowboys nada so, again, I hate to say knock on wood, but everything's been kind of like bailing wire and duct tape right now. You know, it's been the blender, the whirlworks of, of offensive linemen, and, and for the last few weeks, they've been stable. They haven't had to, you know, start changing guys up. They haven't had to protect David Bakhtiari. They haven't had to, you know, flip-flop him and Josh Nyman and, and, you know, in, uh, in series. So maybe, just maybe. And, again, I feel like I should knock on wood and say a couple of novenas here, but maybe, just maybe, the offensive line is beginning to settle down. And if that's the case, and David Bakhtiari is playing back to form, and because he's going to have to anyway, because I would assume his future with the team is very short. So he's going to try to find himself uh, a new team to go play with next year. So from here on out is basically your audition to how healthy you actually are. And they're trying to take care of him as well because they want to, you know, as long as he's healthy and the team gets a few wins under their belt, you still have keeping, you, you know, you still have, have the ability to keep hope alive. So between him, Elton Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, obviously Yash, it seems like things right now uh, are at least decent up front. So hang in there. Hopefully that continues on this, uh, this week. Uh, 12 does not have happy feet like the Mannings. Uh, Jonathan says. Um, no, he doesn't have happy feet, but he's been beat up pretty much. Um, but Rodgers has done a few things as of late with his feet that it's not like he's surprising people, but he's reminding you, yeah, he has some mobility. He can still do it. He did it in Washington. Had a big run this past weekend as well against the Cowboys. 
you know, as long as you're picking up a couple of first downs, you're advancing the ball, you're moving the chains, living to fight another day, that's all you're asking for out of Aaron Rodgers. You're not asking for him to be a, you know, Justin Fields or anything like that or a Lamar Jackson by, or even a Josh Allen for that matter. You're just asking him to keep himself upright, avoid the hard hits, just get glancing blows and, uh, and be able to move the sticks if you possibly can. And that's it. That's it. Um, Rick says, oh, by the way, I saw Sticks and Head East there at the broad stop. Uh, boy, Sticks was here. Journey was here. Uh, I was going through. The, they have pictures everywhere of all these different bands. Uh, Solo Acts were here. The Traveling Wilburys were here. Um, yeah, they've had a bunch, a bunch of bands oh, throughout the history that have been, uh, that, have been uh, that, that have traveled through this place. The place hasn't changed much either, to be quite honest with you. It's uh, still like you open the door and the 70s fall out, but that's okay. You love these nostalgic places like this, you know? You just love it. 877-867-1670. Uh, this one is from uh, Scott who says, did they pick up anybody else but Westbrook? And which we would assume Westbrook would be one of the uh, one of the returners, but we'll wait and see. Uh, but not that I know of. Not that I know of. Uh, this is from Gary real quick before we go to break. I want to get to this real quick. Uh, Gary says, uh, do you use Robert Tanyan more, especially in the red zone? When you get to the red zone, yeah. But this has been a team that hasn't moved the ball well up and down the field hardly at all. It's been a team that's, you know, garnered yards, but drives have stalled about midfield or just beyond. So uh, I would love to see them use the tight end more, especially here's the thing. Now that the offensive line is more stable, Okay, you probably will see more use of the tight end because you don't have to keep him in to help as much. For a while, you wanted to make sure Yash Nyman had his feet under him. David Bakhtiari's knee was good. You wanted to make sure you had a good feel. But if you can get uh, if you can get Tanya out a little bit more, even Mercedes Lewis for that matter, because there's a few plays they've drawn up for him where he'll move the sticks when you need to keep a, a drive alive. He can do that as well. But, yes, to answer your question, I would love to see them use Robert Tanyan more, and I'd love to see them be able to get to the red zone to be able to use Robert Tanyan more. So there you have it. Uh, We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We are broadcasting live down here at the Broadstop. We are in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They have Bud Light specials going on. They're giving away hats and T-shirts and koozies and and, and beer specials and, and buy one, get ones and just all kinds of stuff down here. So come on by and say hello. They're putting out pizzas. They've got specials today. They got a whole a whole cribbage club came in today to listen to the show. They uh, they travel around down here in Kenosha. They got a whole cribbage club here today. There's like, I don't know how many people are over there playing cribbage, about 15, 20 people. They got like a tournament or something, but they're here today as well, so Glad to have all the people that play cribbage hanging out with us here at the Broad Stop tonight as well. Stay tuned. Come more coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. to the program we are glad you're with us broadcasting live it's the bill michael Sutter. we're down here at to the broad stop the historic broad stop in kenosha wisconsin we are brought to you by our friends at bud light the official beer sponsor of the bill michaels sports talk network good to have you on board this thursday night game game is timely for the uh rick says for the uh, for the deer hunters he said i wonder if they considered it when they scheduled it no 
<laughs> no. The NFL doesn't give two dams about hunting season. All they care about is Sundays, Thursdays, and Mondays. That's it. And uh, so, no. Because there's a lot of other hunting that's going on. You figure, you know, Minnesota has it going on. You figure anywhere in the north northeastern portion of the country, obviously. Um, so, no, they don't, they don't care about that. <laughs> it's, it's a great thought to think, oh, the NFL cares, cares that much about all the hunters in the state of Wisconsin. But, no, you'd pretty much be erroneous at this point if that were the case. Uh, the winning team, by the way, has scored 40-plus points against uh, these two uh, in four of the last five games, including two of the last three. So for the Packers to be facing the Tennessee Titans, think about that. Packers haven't scored 40 all season long. All season long. I don't think they're going to score 40 coming up tomorrow night. I'll tell you that. And uh, it's the first time Green Bay is going to play an AFC opponent in a Thursday night football contest. And after Thursday, Green Bay is going to return to the road for a couple of games. We mentioned that Philadelphia and then the Chicago Bears, which we got quite a few Bears fans down here since we're so close to the border uh, coming up here tonight. Uh, and then they finally get their bye before coming back to host the uh, the L.A. Rams on Monday night football on December 19th. So you got to get this one, get through the next two. You get a little mini bye this week, and then your bye is in two weeks. You Who knows? You know, you get, uh, say, two of the next three. You're still in it. You're still in the hunt. You can still get it done. You can still get to that 9 and 10 win mark if you absolutely positively are able to do it and then find your way into the postseason. And uh, the, and, and this one's from Al. Al says, uh, even if they get to the postseason, what makes us think that they're going to do any real damage? Think about this for a minute, okay? And I know it's this is a cart way before the horse. But what do I always say about getting to the postseason and teams that have to, you know, what they do to win it? There's four things you have to do. One, you got to be good. We know that. Two, you got to be lucky. And then you got to be healthy and you got to be hot. Well, if first of all they start reeling off wins, we know they're pretty good. Luck is probably starting to fall upon them a little bit. But then that means you're going to start getting healthy after that bye. Most likely you will then have a full Randall Cobb. You're hoping to get Romeo Dobbs back, Devondre Campbell back. Now, Rashawn Gary, we know, not coming back. But after that bye week, barring any other mass injury, you're going to start to get healthy. And if you do get into the playoffs, let's be honest, you're going to be one of the hottest teams in football after your dismal 3-6 and six start, right? So, you know, where the rubber hits the road is is – you're going to be hot and healthy at the right time. You take it. You take it big time. So don't you got seven games remaining where you're at. And if you find your way into the postseason, say winning six out of the next seven, you're one of the hottest teams in football. So I would say everything would be trending in the right direction at that point. And if you do that, because let's look at it this way. You got Tennessee, a tough team, but a winnable game. Philadelphia, eh. Then Chicago. The Rams are foundering. The, the, the defending champions are just in a bad state. Things are bad. No more Von Miller. You know, Aaron Donald can't lean on him. Aaron Donald, you know, they, they, we'll see if he even comes back after this season. There's Sean McVay, who's got uh, the consideration of not coaching anymore. Matthew Stafford has not looked good all season long. OBJ doesn't appear to be coming back there anytime soon. And there's a lot of reasons you can say, <coughs> excuse me, that the Rams just don't have it. They just don't have it. 
uh, not the way they did last year. And, you know, Whitworth obviously retired. There's a lot of guys that have changed on that team. So you can get a win against the Rams. The Dolphins in Miami. Let's wait and see what the Dolphins end up being over the next few weeks. They're still a good football team. A lot of weapons. Once they had a Tariq Hill and company, they really said to Tua, hey, look, uh, if you're ever going to be anything, now's the time to be something. And he is. He's turned everything around down there. From being a guy that was questionable, being a guy that they kind of were thinking about running out of town, to being a guy that's looking at Jalen Waddle and Tariq Hill and, and you know, um, um, uh, Sheffield, Sherfield, I should say. Uh, they've got decent weapons. Their tight end, Yaseki, uh is solid. Uh, they've got decent running backs. Uh, they picked up Raheem Mostert. Obviously, we remember him from San Francisco. He was he's still running wild in that game. Uh, Wilson Jr. down there. And then, obviously, two has played really well, and their offensive line's been stable. That's a big thing. Teron Armstead really solidifying that left tackle position and protecting him, and that's been solidified. So they're a really good football team. So I, that's going to be a big test down there. But but yeah, going back to what I was talking about and the, and the schedule, uh, once you get past that, then you got Minnesota. Can you knock off Minnesota? You know? Can you knock off Minnesota? Minnesota's are, – are, is Minnesota for real? That, that was a big win in, in uh, Buffalo this past weekend, without a doubt. And then you got the Lions again at home. And then you owe the Lions a little bit of uh, a little bit of sweet revenge. A little bit of sweet revenge. Let's do this. We're going to step away. When we come back, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show is going to join us. And after that, we got Mike Clemens after the top of the hour. We'll talk with Mike. Uh, bottom of the next hour, we're going to start to get in our picks coming up this week, including tomorrow night for the rest of the NFL. So we got a lot to go. It's going to start rolling kind of downhill from here on out. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show going to be joining us. Coming up next, we are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We're going to be right back. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Live, we're here at the historic broad stop. We're in Kenosha, and uh, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle tonight. Good to have you. Uh, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to be talking with Mike Clemens. He's going to join us on the line right now, though. Uh, Grant Bills of the, or excuse me, uh, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show at Wisco Grant uh, over on Twitter. You can find him now. Joining us on the hotline, Grant. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Bill. This week has been fun. I was getting a little tired for five straight weeks of talking about a loss. Like, even if this loss right. doesn't mean anything, it's been fun the last couple of days. It's been something different. Okay, let me uh, let me ask you this. On a level of 1 to 10 confidence-wise, where are you for tomorrow night? Oh, Bill, I feel great about tomorrow night. I've been wrong about just about every game the last couple of weeks, but I, I guess at some point i got to get one of these games correct. I feel great. I'm at like a... I'm at like a seven or an eight. I don't think the Titans are as good as their record, and I don't think the Packers are as bad as their record. And I think the Packers, they finally got some good juice, finally got some good energy, and on the short week, they can just ride that energy right into tomorrow night. It's a, I almost like that they're playing on Thursday night because then they don't have time to think. They don't have time to, to think about how they're four and six and how they got all these games. No, 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 no. Just take Sunday's good energy, carry that into tomorrow night. Don't even have time to think about anything else. I, I think the schedule and everything lines up well for the Packers this week. I feel great about tomorrow night. 
Um, you got an, uh, an offense that can run the ball extremely well against the Packers defense that doesn't stop the, the run very well. The Packers run the ball, but you've got the second-best run defense in the league they're going to be facing. A lot of things that are daunting against the Green Bay Packers, would, which would make you believe that, you know, in the old days you just throw the ball because you got Aaron Rodgers and really good receivers. Yeah. How much more confidence do you have now that you saw a little bit of excitement and confidence out of Christian Watson? Well, I feel better about the Packers' offense moving forward because, in theory, right, you bring in Watson, you spend a lot of draft capital on him, but he's got the speed and the size to do what we've wanted forever, you know, take the top off a defense, beat man coverage, stress defenses, and we saw that on Sunday. I don't think it's always going to look as good as it looked on Sunday, but Aaron Rodgers is going to need to connect with Christian Watson tomorrow night because the Titans play, I mean, they're very sound defensively. They just don't make a lot of mistakes. And they disguise things really well. The Titans, they're, remember, they're coached by Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz is there now. So he's bringing some of the principles that Ben Kenny, he saw with his Phillies for a couple, or his Eagles for a couple of years. We saw it in Detroit, where he spreads those pass rushers out wide, and they get to the quarterback fast. And then they still keep the two high safeties over the top. So they give you the similar look to what every other team is going to give you. But right when the ball is snapped, Bill, they're liable to move around and change things up. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have to pay attention and really use his years of experience to diagnose and realize some of these things. And he's going to have to be on the same page with Christian Watson because they're going to have to beat man coverage, right? The Titans on the back end are really sticky. They're really well coached. They're fundamentally sound. They play a lot of man coverage, and they don't like to give a lot of help. So Christian Watson's speed and size is going to be crucial, and Rodgers is going to have to be on the same page with him because Rodgers is going to have to make decisions and adjust on the fly. Those two are really, I think, going to dictate how the offense goes tomorrow night, at least in the passing game, obviously, Aaron Jones and and Dylan in the running game. But if they want to be able to throw the ball, it's going to start and end with those two tomorrow night. What kind of a message um, do you think was sent with the Amari Rodgers-Kylan Hill uh, release? I don't think anyone was surprised with the Amari Rodgers release. So I don't think there was any shock and awe. I mean, he fumbled a million times. I don't know if there was a player, maybe it was one of the receivers today, that said that Amari Rogers sent him all a voice message. It seemed very it seemed very copacetic. It didn't seem like there was a lot of anger. It kind of felt like it had been coming for a while. The Kylan Hill thing is weird. Bill, I know we do these shows every day, so we listen to press conferences and like we we follow what coaches and players say probably closer than the average bear. I'm willing to bet, and I think Mike Clemens would echo this as well. He might have said this last night on my show. I don't remember. Was that the strongest statement that Matt LaFleur has sent in a press conference when he said, hey, playing for the Packers is a privilege, right? We expect everybody to accept their role and do their job. And he didn't say that Kylan Hill wasn't doing that, but that's what we can only assume. And I think that's Matt LaFleur's, like, harshest moment talking about his team through the media. Now, that doesn't say a lot. Matt LaFleur's not the harshest guy when speaking to the media. He leaves that to his quarterback. But I thought that was probably the strongest statement that he's made. And I can't imagine it's a surprise to the players who are in that locker room. It's a surprise to us. But I can't imagine it shocked any of those guys. But it sends a strong message nonetheless. I I agree. I thought it was – I mean, the Mario Rogers thing is, you know, basically they give you so many chances, accountability, and it's just time for you to go. It's We're done with it. But the Kylan Hill thing – was and I thought when he said not just so much for hey you know be accountable but to me it was you own your role 
And if you're not going to own your role, whatever that role may be, whether you're a special teamer, whether you're strictly a kick returner, whether you're a bench player, yeah. whether you're playing on a practice, whatever that role is, you better own it or we're going to go find somebody else. I thought that was for a feel-good win over the weekend. I thought that was a strong statement and maybe a salvo over the bow to other guys that might be kind of kind of waning a little bit uh, over the, the role that they have and unhappy with some of their playing time. Well, and Matt LaFleur maybe recognized this week as a little bit of an opportunity, Bill, because they finally got a win. Everyone's finally excited and kind of pulling in the right direction. And I think Matt LaFleur realized that this week after a win is probably a good time to get messages across. His players are probably listening. Everyone's kind of awake and alert and dialed back in after a win. So this is probably a good time to send a message. I'm confused, though, Bill. What did Kylan Hill expect? Seventh round pick on a team that has Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and he's coming off of a knee injury. Like, what did he think was going to happen? I don't love A.J. Dillon, but the Packers really do. He's the number two back. I I also, like, I don't understand, because if one of those guys gets hurt, he's the third back, right, Bill? Like, if A.J. Dillon goes down or Aaron Jones goes down, he's looking at a bunch of work as as a number two back a year after being the seventh-round pick who tore his ACL. So it's not like he was in a position of power. It must have been very bizarre and weird. For, for him to get cut loose. And I don't know exactly what his view of the situation was, but that makes no sense to me. Yeah, and then they bring in Patrick Taylor, who has obviously seen some time with the Green Bay Packers. So he is now your third string running back, should he be called upon. And they even have, don't forget, yeah. at that fullback position, they can use Josiah DeGuara if they absolutely positively have to. But, yeah, Kylan yeah. Hill, I, I thought maybe he at least expected to come back and be a kick returner right away. Well, You know what I mean? I, that's what I thought start, he might want to be. Sure. Are you going to throw away your your career because in, like, what amounts to your sixth career game because you got hurt, you're not returning kicks? Like, that's, that's your sticking point? You're upset about that? That's, no wonder they cut him. That's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, then you go to the defensive side of the football and the fact that you obviously have had Devondre Campbell down. You, you lost Rashawn Gary. You, you've only got over there on Preston Smith. And then at the other backer position, you got Kingsley Angabari. And, and he got a little bit nicked up. Garvin is back. Chris Barnes is hurt, as we all know. Quay Walker was guy calling the plays. And, yeah, you were bringing Adrian Amos. You were bringing Rudy Ford. You were bringing Rasul Douglas. So you, you're moving guys around. Savage goes into the slot. It, 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 I don't want to say it was better because those talents, you can't, you know, just say it's easy to replace because they're good good players. Yeah. But it seemed like it, it caused the creative juices to bubble to the top for one Joe Barry, and at least it wasn't sit back and watch them just eat up chunks of yards until all of a sudden your back's against the wall. I, li- I liked the defense. I know they gave up points, but I liked what they did and the way they did it. Well, the Cowboys are a good team, and they have a good running game. You're going to give up some points. That's just part of the, the arithmetic. That's part of the math of these games. Look, you can't replace Rashawn Gary. He's just a guy that nobody else on the team can do what he does. Like, Preston Smith is fine, and I actually kind of like some of the stuff that Engabari has shown, but you're not replacing Rashawn Gary. That really limits this defense and how they can get after the passer. I think on the back end, Bill, like, Rudy Ford maybe just has a little bit more aggression, and he's willing to run to the ball a little bit better than Darnell Savage. Savage just seemed out of sorts. He's not trusting his instincts or what he's seeing. So just maybe putting Rudy Ford back there, who might be a little more confident, and Bill... Also, I think the turnover luck for this team is about to turn. They're one of the worst teams in the league as far as turnover ratio. I think they were minus four or minus five when I looked earlier this week. Not good. And part of that is sloppy quarterback play and and guys are putting the ball on the ground. But part of that is the defense just hasn't had many opportunities to turn the ball over. And we saw with 
Ben's Eagles the other night, like their turnover luck just turned. Like they were due for a couple of fumbles and bad plays, and that's why the Eagles lost on Monday. I think the Packers are going to be on the other side of that coin. So I think in the weeks to come, you might see this defense get a couple more interceptions or force a couple of more fumbles, and that's not because of anything that they've changed or because of any personnel decisions. It's just luck, and sometimes defense is a lot of luck, and the Packers got a little luck against the Cowboys on Sunday. The let's go with Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about him first and foremost. We have seen a transition. He's now accepting the run more. But one thing I really like is play action. They didn't do it a lot early on. It was a lot of shotgun, non-play action, RPO. They got away from that. And he was 85% in play action and was able to move the ball. And I also believe because he's one of the best play action quarterbacks there is when he sells it because of the way he plays the game. And I like him under center. Give me your thoughts with the way the offense was called, barring the last couple of minutes of the game. Well, I love the way that it was called. And what made me feel even better, Bill, is after the game, Aaron Rodgers goes to the podium, and he was asked, what did you learn today? And he said, we're a really good running team, we're really good in play action, and we can mix in shots when we need to. And I said, there it is. It took 10 weeks, but if Rodgers is sincere in what he's saying, and he's not just saying this to say it, he finally understands the way that this offense needs to work. And it's one thing to just play that way for a game. Maybe that happens out of luck. Based on his words, it actually happened, and it worked out that way, which is great. By the way, Bill, Rodgers yeah. play action against the Cowboys on Sunday, 9 of 11 for 148 yards, two touchdowns, and a perfect yeah. passer rating, which is 158.3. So the proof yeah. is in the pudding, right? The offensive staff should show him this stuff. When you get a clean pocket, when you're in play action, you're great. It doesn't matter if you only attempt 20 to 25 passes. If you're killing deep shot plays and throwing touchdowns, We'd rather have the quality over the quantity, and I think Sunday was a great example of that. Grant, good stuff, man. I hope your feeling uh, about this game pans out. I hope your uh, streak of being wrong (laughs) ends here tonight. So uh, maybe you'll make them winners tomorrow. Grant, good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. You have a good rest of the show. Thanks again. Thanks, pal. There you go. And by the way, Paul says, broad stop. Bears fans hang out there by the dozens. They do. But we have Packers fans in the house tonight here as well. Just an FYI. Maybe they came. There's a lot of Packers fans down here in the Kenosha County area. Heck yeah. It is on the border. Just like you get Vikings fans over near Eau Claire. You start to get them in that area. You get some of them up near Rice Lake. But no, nah, no. Nah, still green and gold. Loud and proud. No doubt. One hour down. One hour yet to go. Mike Clemens going to join us uh, from Green Bay. That is coming up next on the Bill Michaels Huddle. It's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming up right after this. Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. We're down here at the Broad Stop, hour number two of the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Good to have you on board. Decent crowd in the place tonight, and people continue to come in. we got a cribbage group in here tonight, which you don't normally get cribbage and football together, but when you're sitting around, TVs are on, you're listening to the program, not a bad way to go. And, and now we go up north. We go to Green Bay. As our buddy Mike Clemens standing by, at uh, Mike Clemens NFL over on Twitter, and uh, Mike now joins us. Michael, how you been, pal? So, of course, the brats are tremendous there. And then yes. they've got other deli meats that are great. 
But, oh, man, you know what? The first thing I'd be getting is that sausage and onion pizza they got. Their pizza's outstanding. At the yeah, their stuff. pizzas are good. We had some down here like a couple of years ago, you and I did. We sat here and ate some pizza one night. Last year. Last was it last year? year? Last yeah. year? Okay. Yeah. It was outstanding. We've done a, we, I've been here at the Broadstop. Well, you've been with me most of the time, but we've been here at the Broadstop going on 21 years now. Once a year for 21 years we've been at the Broadstop. Legendary place. I got a lot of friends in Chicago that go to their fancy places, but they love stopping at the Broadstop, too. So Yeah. Yep. Got to. Mike, uh, let me ask you this. Just in a general sense, what have you learned from Sunday to today about this team that may be different from what we've had going into the last five weeks? Uh, that Goody is uh, in the now. And uh, I, the minute I got the word that, no, we're pulling the trigger. We're done. We're done. Amari Rogers, nice kid. You're out of here. That they chose not to come out of a loss to send a shockwave message to the locker room. They came out of a tremendous win, a win that broke a five-game losing streak, uh, a win that's, that said to that team, this is what we're looking for. This is what you're capable of. Because this kind of a move, the timing of this one of these midseason cuts, I think back to 2005, Ahmad Carroll was, a, I think, a number one pick for Mike Sherman. And then Ted Thompson had come in. Ahmad Carroll had a, was a head case and temperamental, and he'd start fights in training camp. And then he had like four PIs uh, against the Eagles. We were in Philadelphia, and he ruined a game. They could have beat the Eagles. They were desperate for wins that year. And Ted cut him the next day. I don't care how high you went in the draft. You're not one of my people. You're gone. And I think of the Ty Montgomery cut, 2018, and you're out there against the Rams, and you're going to beat the Rams, a really hot team under Sean McVay. Uh, but then the Rams came back and scored. And so then the, all the Packers had to do is they had a couple timeouts and two minutes left in the clock, just down the ball and let Aaron Rodgers give him two minutes and 75 yards to see if he can have the go-ahead score. And Ty Montgomery instead said, no, nah, I think I see a hole. And he came out and instead... He, the ball got batted away. He fumbled, and they got rid of him. Just, just like you're, if you can't pay attention to the instructions, you're not going to be a Green Bay Packer. And it sends a shockwave through the through the through the locker room. So, I think that this this is going to work because if Keyshawn Nixon can do as good or better at returning kicks, and Kylan Hill, even though you know he had a devastating injury and had a lot of promise as a speed as a returner um matt lafleur from the podium made it clear um ben sermons my running back coach says if i go to him and say okay you got aaron jones you got aj Dillon, who's your third best back and ben's gonna say patrick taylor the kid on practice squad man mm-hmm. i mean colin hill sure he's been rehabbing but he still doesn't understand the assignments and if you need a third running back right away you should put in Patrick, and we'll run A.J. Dillon kinds of plays because Kylan still doesn't understand his role as a running back, then you're out of a job. You're gone. And yeah. it sends that message to the locker room. Mike, let's go to the defensive side of the football. Joe Barry forced uh, Devondre Campbell's been nicked up. Rashawn Gary gone. Uh, obviously, they've had to do some th- different things up front. Uh, you got Kenny Clark being double teamed. He got creative. You know, Rudy Ford had a game. They moved Darnell Savage into the slot. They were bringing pressure with Adrian Amos. He, I, I, it, the, you know, they didn't have this overwhelming shut-you-down, shut-out success. 
But I like the fact that, you know, if you listen to Rasul Douglas, which Cassidy O had a tremendous, you know, soundbite from him on uh, the Journal Sentinel's page where Rasul said, this was the first time we looked at each other and really said, we're going to win this game. We yeah. believe it. We're actually believing it. And, and it seemed like he said, guys, we're going to go get them. And when you have guys play with aggressiveness and let it all hang out, it seemed like it worked. It wasn't great, but I like the style that they played this past Sunday. Well, and, and it's been gradual, but after over the last three or four weeks, the players have bought back in because when you started off with um, this, on paper, this wonderful starting secondary between having Jair Alexander back and now the highest-paid corner in the NFL, Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, and Justin Jefferson is running freely through crossing patterns. And it's like, well, it, that's our zone. You know, hey, God, well, there's nothing we can do about it. We're in zone. And, and we can't afford to have Jair do that because it screws up the zone. Well, that was just BS. And the players knew it. And so gradually they started letting Jair play his game, and, and they made those other adjustments. Uh, I think the Savage thing is probably playing to his strengths. I still don't understand how Darnell Savage Jr. blew or whiffed that uh, a potential tackle of Josh Allen in the red zone. I mean, he just olayed him you know, like a matador. But right. Darnell Savage, if the play's in front of him, he does have speed. Um, he can wrap up on a guy. He can make hits if it's in front of him. And, and I've seen him catch guys from behind. And so it plays to his strengths to put him in the corner. Whether he can get back to the quarterback fast enough remains to be seen. He's then he's not that big. <clears throat> That's why they went with Rasul Douglas, because it does take a bigger guy to get maybe shift by a tackle or a running back before you get to the quarterback on a slot blitz. Uh, Adrian Amos, I thought he was in position to make some big plays. If C.D. Lamb or Schultz, their big uh, tight end, Sunday night against the Cowboys was running free. And that lets Smash, you know, earn his name, wrap up, and hit that guy hard over the middle. C.D. Lamb, he was gonna, he made his catches, but he, you know, he didn't get crazy. And there's a couple of times where he just plain out whiffed Jair. We asked Jair, like, what happened on the one touchdown off to the left hand side of the north end? So he says, yeah, I, I fell asleep. <laughs> he just, he just, you know, C.D. He, he thought for sure that he saw the formation where C.D. Lamb was going to be in the slot on the left hand side and run a post. And instead, he went like a down, out, and down was wide open and, you know, ran it in for a touchdown. So whatever, um, it was enough to, 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 to take care of that. My biggest concern is going against Derrick Henry at 6'3", 247 pounds. It's like Joe Barry uh, said the other day, um, you know, you'd think it's Preston Smith breaking the huddle. Derrick Henry is so damn big. Mm-hmm. Is as a matter of fact, that it's that outside linebacker core. <clears throat> with Rashawn gone for the year with the ACL, twice. I saw in 91 Preston Smith coming out the field Sunday night, and it looked like one of his arms was numb. I thought, did he hit the funny bone on the elbow or whatever? It just looked dead. And the next day the injury report came out, and he's listed with a shoulder and a groin injury. So he played hurt through that game on Sunday night. <clears throat> and that means that now... You, you know, you may not have 100% of Preston Smith when you're up against Derrick Henry, and they're going to need all hands on deck. Devondre Campbell is still not going to play, so you got Quay Walker in there. Isaiah McDuffie, I think, has done a nice job filling in yeah. at inside linebacker. But uh, Jonathan Garvin did make a couple of plays 
where there's times where he's been a healthy scratch and a disappointment as far as I'm concerned. But at outside linebacker, it's this Kingsley Enigbare, J.J. He's gotten some pressure on the quarterbacks. And, uh, and you know, Darius Hamilton after that, and then it drops off. So, to me, they're a little weak at outside linebacker in the Packers' defense as they head up against this Titans running game. Talking with Mike Clemens. You can find him over on Twitter at uh, Mike Clemens NFL. Uh, Mike, uh, I, I really liked the play calling in this game. Aaron Rodgers in play action a lot more than the RPOs, a lot more than putting him in shotgun. Uh, is this something that they noticed that they could do against the Cowboys, or is this a philosophical change that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers said, hey, wait a minute, uh, maybe the thumb's a little bit better, let's put him under center, let's do a few different things because we, we can't do what we've been doing because the Detroit Lions game was an all-time low. Three things that worked. Aaron Rodgers stuck to the game plan. So if we're going to run Aaron Jones on first down and get seven yards and then run him again, and get three and one with running plays. Now that gives you that gives Lafleur a whole, and there's and nobody jumps off sides. You got third and one in key situations, and you can run them again, or you can do those plays that you mentioned: RPOs, play action, and and hit Lazard uh, wide open over the middle, or Christian Watson again. And I think one of the Christian Watson's touchdowns was on a, a, a fourth down because they fooled him. Secondly, I thought that one thing that was brilliant was there was a couple times the Packers found themselves over the 50, but you got Mason Crosby with a sore back, so maybe his range is not as long as normal, and it's, you're still too, kind of too far out for uh, Pat O'Donnell to, to punt. And so what did they do twice? They went to the line and tried to get the Cowboys to jump off sides on a fourth down. So rather than just go for it on fourth down and not get anything, they did a better job of playing the field position. They took the penalty, and the punter came in and, you know, gave the Cowboys poor field position. I thought that was, that was growth on Matt LaFleur's part. And, and just telling Rodgers, shut up. This is what we run the delay play. And then later when they ran the fourth down play, it was live, and they hit Christian Watson for a touchdown. I think that was huge. And then um, thirdly, uh, is uh, just uh, the complimentary football. Rudy Ford set up two touchdowns in a short field for Aaron Rodgers. And, and mm-hmm. that made it up making the difference in the game in an offense that has struggled to score this year. That's how they broke the 30 mark in that overtime win. The self-inflicted penalties weren't anywhere nearly as prevalent. We didn't see a big run called back. We didn't see a big pass play called back. We did see turnovers. We saw Amari Rodgers put one on the carpet and the, and the you know strip fumble of Aaron Rodgers. But also the penalties were down. Uh, and the Cowboys do commit penalties. Yeah, you know We know that. Mike McCarthy's team has always committed a bunch. And they did it again. That hit on Aaron Jones out of bound to extend a drive and, and continue to let, uh, let the Packers move the clock. Things like that, that aided the Packers. But we didn't see a lot of the, the dumb penalties that we've seen with this team so far. Did you hear that, fr- that uh soundbite i got from mccarthy postgame where he said and i'm very from very 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 frustrated did you hear that one yes i did (laughs) that was an emphatic very you know i it was you know it was a tense moment and you know all the dallas reporters are very tense it was it was upset that they lost this thing in overtime because this was going to be this big coming home pageant for for mike right and i i mean mike mccarthy's a good guy and he 
he comes up and says, "Hey, Bill. Hey, Mike. You know, I mean, yeah. He, but, but you know, I, I was trying to keep from laughing <laughs> because he was he was so pissed, man. It was kind of funny. And then when he walked off with, I'm all humbled, pied out. I mean, I just, I almost did a spit take. <laughs> You know, part of me, uh, I, I, I felt bad for Mike watching him, you know, wind up and Nolan Ryan the headset into the ground, and the other part of me was like, you know what? They just beat the Cowboys, and kept hope alive for because if they lose that game, the season was over. I mean, it was that was it. Yeah, I don't know. And, uh, McCarthy's checks maybe they're like uh, two hundred thousand dollars a month or something, but then yeah. he's going to look at his stub in this game saying minus one hundred eighty-eight dollars. Like, hey, what's this for? That headset up in Green Bay? Yeah, we're taking that right. out of your check. Regarding the penalties, uh, you know what made a difference for Green Bay? Is you had all five on the offensive line for all 70 snaps. Right. And, you know, that was going to be my next question. You had your best offensive line out there. You didn't have to substitute because of these injuries and situations. And those guys were disciplined. And that really helped out Aaron Rodgers and Jones and A.J. Dillon and that whole crowd. And then, of course, you know, you've covered the, the Christian Watson story. I mean, the, that was inspiring. i got to tell you, when that kid made that second or third uh, touchdown catch, it was hard to hold back my own self just getting emotional. Not because I'm necessarily a fan of the team. I'm a fan of the story. He's a good kid. Yeah. He has tried to overcome. And I love to see the underdog pull through in the clutch like that that's the best part of this job the uh i was going to ask you about that with uh you know christian watson coming up with a catch and you know when you watch the sidelines and see guys come over to him you never know what exactly it is they're saying you're always just assuming it's kind of like hey get him next time things like that but for for both lafleur and rogers say we're coming back to you you don't have time to get down we're coming back to you get ready and to, to see that and then him make the most of it, uh, I agree. I thought that was one of the, the better stories of the game. Now, the question, Mike, I was going to lead into, and you had touched on it a little bit, the offensive line, two weeks in a row now, they haven't had to do the uh, the, the blender where they're mixing guys and matching guys. And, you know, it's not one series Bakhtiari, the next series Josh Nyman, all that kind of – it was everybody was stable, knock on wood, and it stays that way. But in Bakhtiari did not give up a pressure. You know, so when he's been in there, he's been damn near perfect again. Yeah, Elton John, Elton Jenkins, though, not so much. Elton, Elton gave up. I mean, and that Cowboys front is is pretty good, but there's a couple of times where Elton Jenkins gave up uh, pressure right up the middle, uncharacteristic. So you know, he's not a hundred percent. They're kind of questionable going into the game tomorrow night. So one of them may have to scratch again, depending on how they feel or if a knee is swelling up or whatever. The Titans are a very tough football team. I was surprised mm. to hear Aaron Rodgers say he's actually friends with Mike Vrabel, <clears throat> former NFL linebacker, and now a, a coach that I think he respects, just like Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. He has communicate. Aaron Rodgers has communications in the offseason just talking football with Mike Vrabel. He loves how he brings in a tough-minded team. There was a guy... A couple of years ago when we had a joint practice with the Texans, and Jay Sternberger came over the middle, and he got drilled by this Lonnie Johnson. Uh, it, was a, right. it was a dirty hit, but, man, it was a football hit. You know, Jack Tatum, you know, Chuck Cecil from the Packers, Ronnie Law. It was, a, it was a killer hit. It started a fight in camp. Well, eventually the Texans cut him. Do you know where he is now? 
He's with the Tennessee, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee, yeah. You know, Mike Vrabel likes that kind of a guy. But it looks like Lonnie's been ruled out. He's got a hamstring. they got four or five of their best players. Their center, Ben Jones, has got a concussion. Uh, Amani Hooker is a, a safety on defense. He'll be out with a shoulder. Uh, they're, even their kicker, Randy Bullock, is out with a calf muscle. So they signed that to Lambeau guy who's been around the league. Lambeau finally gets the chance to kick in Lambeau Field. He's been on two or three different teams. Bud Dupree's a veteran. He's been out a couple weeks with a hip. So the Titans, although they're a very tough-minded team, they're missing four or five of their starters for tomorrow night's game. Mike, good stuff as always. Hopefully uh, it carries over. They keep the winning, and then, uh, you know, they get a little bit of a, a mini reprieve before they have to go into Philadelphia uh, on a Sunday night game and try to do it all over again. Good stuff, man. I appreciate it. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you up in the press box. Yeah, I, let's just hope that Green Bay sticks to some of the winning formulas and, and, and they treat Christian Watson with the right kinds of passes, not the over-your-head over passes, but if the balls, if he can see the ball come out of Rodgers' hands, you got six. Yeah, no doubt. Good stuff. Good stuff, Mike. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mike Clemens joining us for a couple of minutes. We're broad, well, a lot of minutes, as a matter of fact, as we're a little bit late. But that's okay. Always good stuff talking to Mike and uh, breaking down and analyzing the game, the game that was, the game that's upcoming with this football team. We're broadcasting live down here at the Broadstop. We're in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Love being down here. Love our friends from Bud Light bringing it to you as well. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming up. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to start making our picks and running through the rest of the schedule in the NFL. We'll be back right after this. Oh, yeah. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Good to have you. We are brought to you by Bud Light. Is the Bill Michael Huddle. We're down here at the Brat Stop. We are in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. And uh, as the uh, the bar continues to fill up and uh, continue to get more and more people coming over and saying hello, and good to have everybody here today. So we uh, we thank them for being here, and uh, thank you for listening throughout whatever portion of the great state of Wisconsin and or beyond the borders or Packer Nation that you're listening to the program in tonight. Uh, a couple of emails, and then uh, we'll get back at it. Uh, this was from Bill, who says, uh, the key to this game is going to be stopping the run of Derrick Henry. I think bringing up Darnell Savage and telling him, go ahead and hit again. Don't be afraid will be the key. Savage used to be a pretty good hitter. He's not anymore. Ever since he got hurt, it looks like he's always favoring his shoulders and doesn't want to really stick it to anybody. I think that's the reason he lets guys fly past him. There's something to be said for that. I, I Well, let me say this. You don't let guys fly past you. Uh, that's just missed assignments, period. But I agree with you that he, when he first got here, he, he did like to hit. And that was one of the things that I appreciated about him. I appreciated the fact that he liked to stick his nose in there. I love that. And then all of a sudden, he, he, you're right, he got hurt. Kind of like Sam Shields did a while back. And now Sam Shields got kicked in the head and... He ended up with a really severe concussion, so I understand why suddenly he started to shy away. But uh, you, you know, at some point, you you got to go. No, 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 no. You got to. I'm a football player. This is what I do, and this is what I get paid to do. And you you got to want to. And so, yeah, I I agree with you. Maybe Savage just kind of started taking, trying to avoid the hits, trying to avoid the injury, tried to shy away a little bit, and started to do things differently. And then all of a sudden, you end up with. You know, just different bad habits, for lack of a better term. 
But uh, I, I agree with you. This one, is, who's this one from? This one's from uh, Sean. Sean says, uh, hey, unit, uh, first of all, question at the broad stop. Have you ever seen any big bands down there? No, I haven't. I mean, I, I've seen the pictures of bands that have played here, but I personally have never seen any of the bands, the name bands, play here. I mean, I was down here for, um, God, there was a, uh, an all-girl band a year, years ago called Dot, Dot, Dot or Circle, something like that. And they ended up going on to... Uh, making the band or something like that. It was uh, a very brief thing, kind of like American Idol, but it was for bands, and it was on ABC. But they made it. They were out of Chicago. They made it. They played here a couple of times, and I came in down and saw them once. But beyond that, to answer your question, no. Sean goes on to say, uh, do you think that Aaron Rodgers is happy the way the offense is, only handing the ball off and allowing Aaron, Aaron Jones to be the star? Everybody talks about the best weapon on the Green Bay Packers is Jones. Do you think Rodgers' ego is okay with that? If they're winning, yes. I, I I know Aaron Rodgers wants to be great. Great players want to be great. They want the ball, okay? But I think when you start to realize you want wins, when you're losing and you have the ball, you don't want the ball in the sense that you want to keep doing the same thing. I, what you, I, I think what you want is you want to win. And you want to win doing it in a particular way. Hey, if you give the ball, much like they did this past contest, okay, uh, if you give the ball to Aaron Jones and you run it the way you ran it, right, you, you give the ball to Aaron Jones and say, Aaron, you know, look, go do your thing, man. 24 carries, 138 yards, you take that, right? Give it to A.J. Dillon 13 times. They ran the ball 37 times. He only threw 20. But think of the three touchdown passes he threw, and one of them was a prolific 50-plus yard pass in the air. If Aaron Rodgers can show off the arm, run for a few yards, pick up a couple of first downs, dink and dunk and give a couple of highlight reels on ESPN and still have the run game be very efficient so he doesn't have to get beat up, hell yeah, I think he's cool with that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So this whole thing about that ego, there's ego, but ego is sometimes displaced by confidence and vice versa. And I think sometimes you have to take a look in certain situations. You can't just say, it's just an ego. It's just prima donna. It's just diva. I think sometimes you got to go, very confident. You appreciate that. And, all, and he should be for all the talent he has. But I think the way they won on Sunday, if you could win that now, not going to overtime all the time and not having to come back by 14 points down in the fourth quarter. But if you can win that way often, to answer your question, hell yeah. I think he's good with that. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Let's do this. We're going to step away. When we come back, we start looking around the rest of the NFL. All the games upcoming. Kicks things off on Thursday night. Titans coming into Green Bay. But after that, you got a whole slew of games. Whole slew of games. Only four teams on by this week. Jaguars, Dolphins, Buccaneers, and Seahawks all taking the week off. Everybody else in action. We're going to talk about it and give you the predictions. That is coming up next, broadcasting live down here at the Broad Stop. It's a Bill Michael Huddle, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Shuttle. We are broadcasting live. We are here at the famous broad stop. We are in Kenosha, Wisconsin. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. So it's good to have you along. Uh, ben Kenny producing the program in studio. And now we start to take a look around the rest of the NFL. Team that got a win this past weekend was the Detroit Lions. They ended up beating the Chicago Bears. So the Lions have stacked success. The Bears sitting at 3-7. and seven. Now the Bears are on the road. They're down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta taking on the Falcons. Falcons have been somewhat of an enigma this season, and uh, sometimes they, they start to look like they're going to be a team again, and then uh, they go ahead and lose a couple of games, and they're right back to where you thought they were. But the 3-7 and seven Bears with, a, with Justin Fields, who's looking – like uh, all of a sudden, I shouldn't say all of a sudden, very progressively, he is the real deal. They, they, they brought him along extremely slow this season. They just wanted him to learn certain things, to not feel like he had to do everything. And now he's morphed into the role of basically doing everything, but he's doing it extremely well. But the Falcons at home, they're four and six on the season. Bears three and seven. I'm taking the road Bears in this one, Ben. I don't know why, but I am. I'm taking the road Bears in this one. I think the I, I'm with you. I think the field's magic continues. Uh, the, the Falcons, it, it's weird. They really struggle to throw the ball, and they've been without their starting running back, Cordero Patterson, for a bunch of the year, yet they still win games. It's, it, it's weird. And we saw them on Thursday night last week get uh, obliterated by the Panthers in a really ugly football game. I think the Bears that win this one. Like they kind of feel better than three and seven, even though their defense is horrible. I, I think Fields can do enough in this one. I don't think the Falcons can can score with him. Uh, you've got to the second game, and I just mentioned that the Lions got a win this past week, and they have stacked success not once but now twice. They're one and three away from Ford Field. The Giants are only three point favorites at home. I don't know what that says about the Giants. The Giants are seven and two, four and one, in uh, New York uh, in the MetLife Stadium. Uh, to only be a three-point favorite, do you mean to tell me that it'd be a pick'em if they were playing in Detroit? I, I that said that to me means that Vegas does not believe the Giants are the seven and two Giants that everybody's looking at record-wise, and we're all thinking they're kind of a paper tiger. I still think the Giants win this game. Make no mistake about it, because the Lions' defense stinks. Saquon Barkley's going to run all over them. But it gives me caution and pause to think that the Giants are only three-point favorites in this one. But I'll take the Giants. Uh, Vegas is often correct about things, and they are uh, definitely correct that the Giants are kind of heading the they're probably frauds category of the NFL right now. This is actually my upset of the week. I think the Lions go into New York and win. Amon Ross St. Brown's more healthy. DeAndre Swift, their running back's more healthy. Their defense, like the Bears, still has a lot of issues and is by no means good. But it, this just, it, it's a weird, it, I have the weird feeling in my bad knee about this game. I think the Lions win. <laughs> uh, then you have got the Dallas, this is the game that I can't wait to see. The Dallas Cowboys on the road, U.S. Bank Stadium, Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Vikings with that incredible win. To go to 8-1 in the season, they knocked off the Buffalo Bills in overtime. And if you haven't seen a video of their uh, PA guy, uh, of their play-by-play guy, Paul Allen, go to my Twitter feed and take a look at it. I tweeted it out earlier today. There's a video compilation of the last few plays of that game watching Paul Allen. Uh, that That's priceless. I love it. Love it. But uh, the Vikings at home, I am taking Dallas 
to win this game, believe it or not. Uh, I know the Vikings got a big win on the road against Buffalo, and they're feeling it. They're feeling good. The place is going to be rocking. Something tells me the Cowboys, This is they need this one. They desperately need this one. I think the Cowboys win this game in U.S. Bank Stadium. Bill, they're one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Minnesota. Like, right. it, it feels way too easy to take the Vikings. So, for that reason, I'm with you on the Cowboys. The, the Vikings are a very good team. I'm not going to dispute that. But the way they're winning, we talked earlier about Aaron Rodgers and the use of the word sustainable in terms of their offense. The way the Vikings are winning is not sustainable. Uh, late red zone interceptions and things that you would consider a little more fluky than direct skill. So I think water kind of finds its level in this one. The Cowboys bounce back, and the Vikings, who celebrated their Super Bowl this week, uh, I, I must say, with the their win against the one. Bills, yeah. and then now they will be, uh, they'll crash back down to earth. I like the water comes back to level. I like that. I'm going to have to use that at some point in some kind of deeper thought process. I just don't have it with me right now, but there you go. Uh, meanwhile, you got Cincinnati coming off of a bye. They're going on the road to uh, what is the name of the stadium now? Heinz, it's not Heinz Field anymore. They took down the giant ketchup bottle. Oh, Acrisure Field. Acrisure Field. Michigan Insurance Firm. It is a, a craptastic name. Uh, Cincinnati on the road, three-and-a-half-point favorites. They're rested. Uh, is Jamar Chase playing in this one, by the way? I do not think I know. so. I didn't think so either. He's got that hip injury that's keeping him out right now. Uh, so I don't think he's playing. Um, and the last time we saw them, they looked terrible. Don't get me wrong. They still have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. They still have uh, uh, their tight end, uh, Hayden Hurst. Joe Mixon runs good. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals on the road to get the win. I just don't know if I'm going to do this if I was a betting man. This might be close. I might take uh, the the Pittsburgh Steelers to cover, but I'll take uh, Cincinnati on the road to get the win. Yeah, plus three and a half at home. I definitely like that side of it. Uh, The Steelers got T.J. Watt back the same way that Jamar Chase is like the Bengals offense when he's on the field. There's a weird T.J. Watt superpower to the Steelers defense. And he returned last week, and the Saints are struggling, but they won, and they won at home, a place they have not played well this season. So I think the Steelers get the upset win. I, I just, I'm going to bet on T.J. Watt in that defense. Uh, then you got Buffalo. They are hosting Cleveland. Now the big story in all of this is that Deshaun Watson came back to practice today. Correct me if I'm wrong. He is not eligible to play this week. He's eligible to practice next week. He can play with the Browns, correct? Correct, and you'll never guess who they're playing next week. Um, I don't know. Oh, the Houston Texans. Oh, my God. It's obviously the that's story. That's right. I do remember that. I do remember that, that. That's when he would come back. You're right. Gotcha. Well, that'll be interesting. We'll deal with that then. But nevertheless, the Browns on the road. The Bills pissed off. Bills are going to beat the hell out of them. It's an eight-point spread. Cleveland will get a giant boost of an internal win if they keep it. To, le- to eight points or less. I think Buffalo is going to beat the crap out of them. I'm taking the Bills at home. Oh, Bill, in, in honor of Maction, which is going on right now, uh, two of the Michigan schools, like Central and Western or Eastern. Or w- Did you whichever. see the snow in that game? That's what I'm saying. A, a Oh, my God. Absolute snow globe, like six inches of snow on the ground. Reportedly, that's what's going to be happening in Buffalo on Sunday. So it could be a true northern New York snow game. The Browns are, I think, are the worst 
tackling team I, I've ever seen against the run. There's been a lot of stuff out there of like the effort is just not there from some of the guys on defense. And in the snow, it kind of feels like you got to want to be there to win the game. And right. the Bills will be mad. I think they win big. Um, let's take uh, let's take your Eagles. The Eagles, they are seven point favorites, taking on the Colts. The Colts coming back after the emotional win. Jeff Saturday getting his first win as the interim head coach. All that stuff. It ain't going to mean a hill of crap because the Eagles took a loss, their first loss of the season, basically gave the game away. You believe the officials gave the game away. But the Eagles are coming into Lucas Oil Stadium. They are going to beat the hell out of the Colts. Um, Philadelphia favored by seven. I bet you the Philadelphia wins by 21. Philadelphia's going to kill them. I agree. I'm over the ref stuff, by the way. That was just for that hour on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whichever day that was. <laughs> I'm uh, like, yeah, they handed the game away. They needed right, the loss. Right. But I, I think when you talk about leadership, they have it in the quarterback. They seem to have it in the head coach, though we don't know. I don't think they'll have trouble bouncing back. And I like I wonder what the Colts look like with Saturday when they face a real team. And Jonathan Taylor's there, and yes, uh, they're a little more healthy, but the Raiders stink. So they were able to actually hang in that game and then pull away late. I wonder when they get down 14 points, does everyone look around and say, oh, like, what are the what, what are we doing? So, yes, Eagles big. By the way, uh, speaking of Jonathan Taylor, I, I love the UW Credit Union ads that he does. Oh. But if you're a Colts fan, are you a little bit mad that he can't pronounce any Indianapolis? Just saying. I'm not a fan of those ads, Bill. Okay. That goes well, back you know, years. Yeah, I know that. But, it, you know, it's Jonathan Taylor doing ads for a hometown company. Eh, I'm good with that. Uh, you got the Jets. Speaking of a, a snow globe game, what are they expecting in New England for weather, by the way? Uh, 48 and sunny at Foxborough is what they're saying. 48 and sunny. So we'll see Soft. if any of that snow seeps down. Uh, the Patriots uh, are at home, 5-4. and four. The Jets, 6-3. and three. The Patriots just beat the Jets, remember. Didn't they? Or am I am I wrong on that? Yeah, they crushed them in yeah. New York. Yep. So I'm kind of looking at this going, you know, I uh, wonder what's going to happen here. I'm 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 going to go with the Patriots. I, I'm going to go with the Patriots again at home. I know it's going to be a revenge game for for the Jets, but I'm going with the Patriots at home, and the and Vegas favors the Patriots by three points as well. Yeah, they they own the Jets, and as Bill Belichick's career unfolds, you kind of learn not to bet uh, against him when he's facing one of those teams that he just dominates. Right. Uh, and I don't know how many single mothers are in Fox uh, or wherever oh, the game geez. is played um, in, uh, in Massachusetts. You know, it's a small town, hour away from Boston, probably two hours. One sneeze, with, boom, you got three kids. It could happen. Game day traffic. Like, it, it's not easy to get around up there. I've been up there. So, yeah, no, Patriots big. Yeah, Patriots big in this one. There you go. We're going to step away, give you the second half of NFL games, including tomorrow night's contest between uh, the Green Bay Packers and the Tennessee Titans. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. we got another one coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back to the program. 
Final segment of the Bill uh, Michaels Huddle. We are broadcasting live down here in Kenosha at the Broad Stop, uh, the historic Broad Stop. I love this place. Ben, I went and got the official warning from uh, Buffalo, from the Buffalo uh, Weather Center. Oh, yes. Uh, so here you go. Uh, starting tomorrow night, 7 o'clock uh, Thursday night Eastern time until Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern time at kickoff of the game. Heavy lake effect snow expected. Now, they're going to get three to five inches of snow anyway. But with lake effect snow, the total accumulation expected two to three feet by Friday as the most persistent lake effect snow continues. The heaviest snow then comes in Thursday night, Friday night. Uh, The snowfall after that will be three three to five inches Per hour, per hour until 1 o'clock Sunday, they're expecting four feet or more, if possible, if the main snow band remains stationary for a longer period of time. Wind gusts up to 35 to 45 mile an hour, uh, patchy uh, blowing snow. Uh, Northern Erie, Genesee counties, um, up into the Buffalo, New York, blah, 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 blah. Travel, very difficult, almost impossible. Hazardous conditions going to impact Friday morning's commute, Saturday's commute. The heavy snow will also bring down tree limbs, scatter power outages, blah, blah, blah. Man. Holy crap. That's awesome. You know, that's why dome stadiums <laughs> need to be outlawed. <laughs> that is odd. It's like, well, you know, for those that don't know what we're talking about, this this Central Michigan game that's on, what is it, on ESPN right now? ESPN U. True sicko stuff. Oh, oh my God. It is, it's snowing like the end of the world, and they got, what, six inches of snow like during the game. It's crazy watching them play in this stuff. They're out there shoveling the field every time they go to a commercial break or every time there's a, a change in, in possession. It's amazing. Um, you know, by the way, there is a small craft advisory coming off of the lake. <laughs> they just have to say that just in case some dumbass in a canoe goes out there and tries to brave the elements. So, anyway, there you go. But, yeah, anywhere from three to five feet of snow going to be dumped into the area. The best-case scenario for the game, uh, for the logistics of the game, would be is if it, if it tapers off early Sunday morning. The best case for us viewing at home would be as if this thing holds off for about five, six hours and pushes through Sunday afternoon until about 5 o'clock Sunday night, and then we can all just go, hell, yeah. So I love that. There you go. Oh. All right, let's get back with it. Uh, we've got to the Rams who stink on ice. They're on the road taking on the Saints. Saints, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Rams just flailing at this point, just looking bad. I'm taking the Saints to get the win. Ugh. Uh, they're still starting Andy Dalton, and that has not gone well for them. It's the all. red rifle, baby. We are wondering when Taysom Hill will be put under center there. I, I think the Rams win. I think their defense does enough. Um, and, and the last thing on the snow, by the way, that 2013 Eagles-Lions game, very famous for, like, yeah. multiple feet of snow during the game. I was there. I, top two greatest day of my life. There was nothing as <laughs> fun as that football game. Uh, then you got the Panthers on the road. Baltimore, 13-point favorites at home. Um, I, I'm taking the Ravens to win. I don't know if they're going to cover the 13, but I'm taking the, the Ravens to win in that one. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens. Not much more. Yeah. Not much more to say about it. Uh, you got the Commanders and the Texans. Uh, you know, don't look now, but the Commanders are about to go over 500. With everything they've gone through this year, um, you know, obviously a shooting early on in the, in the season, 
And then everything that's gone on with Daniel Snyder being called to Capitol Hill, all the things that have been said. Man, I'll tell you this. If Ron Rivera doesn't get considered, if they end up with an above 500 record, if he doesn't get considered for coach of the year with this mess, I don't know who will. But uh, Taylor Heineke's feeling it, and they're going to beat the hell out of the Texans. And uh, hopefully the commanders punt at least three or four times, and Amari Rogers fumbles three or four times. Uh, so the commanders over the Texans down in Houston. Bill, the commanders are riding high. I mentioned the T.J. Watt energy and magic for the Steelers. There's yeah. some energy with Carson Wentz's backups, if you have realized throughout time. And Ron Rivera announced today that Taylor Heineke will start. So Wentz has been usurped permanently by a backup again, kind of follows him wherever he goes. So the Wentz backup magic, I think, brings the commanders to a win. Heineke's bringing the juice. Uh, the Raiders are, are awful. Yeah, he does. The Raiders are awful. Uh, Denver's as bad. Um, they're painful to watch. Uh, Denver's at home. That's the only reason I'm taking the Broncos in this one. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I think the Broncos win. They don't even cover. I think they win by – it's, it's two to nothing. They get a safety and call it a game, and they just quit and leave. Uh, <laughs> but I'll take the Broncos. Yeah, I might pick a tie here. just feels like a chaotic one. Um, you know, Russell Wilson has kind of taken the Phillip Rivers mantle of he will have the ball down seven with two minutes left every single week. And most mm-hmm. times he will not come through in that situation. But right. it is very fun to watch because it's chaotic. So I, I have no idea. I, I guess the Raiders win. Uh, there you go. Um, Chiefs, Chargers, Sunday night game. And that is a 720 Central SoFi Stadium out in Inglewood, California. Uh, the Chiefs, five and a half point. Five. The Chiefs just look good right now. I'm taking the Chiefs. And I'll even take the Chiefs. I, no, I'm not going to take the Chiefs to cover. Uh, I'll uh, I'll take the the Chargers to cover, but I'm taking the Chiefs to win the game on the road and knock off the Chargers. Terrific Sunday night game. This is one of those like 52 yeah. to 41 weird ones. It, it's a big. Yeah. Uh, everyone posts the clips of the crazy throws on Twitter after they happen. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll take the Chargers to cover, but the Chiefs win. 49ers on Monday night on the road, eight point favorites. They're only a game better, five and four, as opposed to the Cardinals, who are four and six, out in Goodyear, Arizona, out near Glendale, Arizona, I should say. Um, I can't believe they're eight-point favorites. I'm taking the 49ers to win. Uh, But you talk about a ginormous – first of all, Cliff Kingsbury, got to go. You just paid Kyler Murray all that money, so you know he's sticking around, even though he was a whiny crybaby in the offseason and hasn't done jack. Uh, I'll take the 49ers to get the win. The Cardinals go to four and seven. Niners go to six and four. Oh, Bill, it's in Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. It is, is it really? The NFL's Mexico game. Oh, that's right. Normally means chaos and laser pointers coming down from the stands. Um, <laughs> a new Call of Duty was released this week, and we know how Kyler Murray performs during Call of Duty release weeks. He might not even play, though. Uh, it might be Colt McCoy. I think they're both day-to-day. Uh, to yeah. start on Monday, but I, I think Lowe's 49ers win. I read Kyler Murray was on pace to start, but yeah, I, I they're they're both banged up. So, uh, but I'll take the 49ers regardless. And then you've got tomorrow night's contest: Packers coming in this one three point favorites, Titans three point underdogs, Titans six and three, Packers four and six. Packers riding that wave of of emotion. I I want to take them. I want to believe. I'm sitting back with my arms folded, Ben. I'm taking the Titans. 
I, I just Aww. not yet. I just am. I, I mean, if, if I have to put I, my reputation or money on it at this point, if I had to put money on this game, I could not confidently put money on the Packers just yet. I got to see more. So until I do, I know their run defense isn't great. I know they're double teaming, teaming Kenny Clark. Devondre Campbell's not there. Quay Walker's not great against the run. I got to take the, the the Titans in this one because they're going to be able to run the football, and they are really good against the run defensively. And the Packers need to run the football to open the offense up. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. I'll take the Titans. I'm going to take the Packers, Bill. I I think the juice. I hope you're right. I think the juice for Thursday works, uh, and, and I'll give you this. I saw this today from Dusty Evely. Christian Watson drives when he plays. The Packers average 1.9 points per those drives. On drives where he does not play. They average 1.24 points, night and day, like 0.7 more points per drive that he plays. I say that all to say, like, he is kind of the difference for this offense. I'm buying into what they can be with him healthy. We saw a little bit against the Cowboys. I think they could, they carry the momentum. The Titans aren't that good. I think they win. There you have it. That's it. That's the way we do it. And thanks to the staff and the management and Trish and everybody on here at the Broadstop. Thank you so much for hosting us. Thanks to our friends at Bud Light. Thanks to Trish for giving all the Bud Light stuff away tonight, too. The Bud Light specials go all night long down here, so if you're still coming down to catch maybe the Bucks game or something or this terrific snow game, do it. We'll talk again tomorrow. Time for us to go. Have a go. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.